welcome to another episode of That's a Wrap Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jay Rosales. Very exciting times in Raptorland. We are T-minus six days. Six days. Good Lord. There's rays until the season starts. Oh boy, I got goosebumps on top of goosebumps. Uh, Dre, my co-host Dre, what's up, buddy? Uh, not much. I'm as I'm as excited as you are. I have no idea when, as a Raptors fan, this will ever happen again. I'm sure it will. I just don't know when. I'm gonna soak in. I'm gonna turn off all of my devices. Dim the lights. If anybody interrupts me during that banner ceremony yeah. and the rings, I'm gonna lose it yeah. because this is like the final, the final piece of the puzzle of everything that we've done this entire season. This is it. Again, we don't know if this is gonna happen again. This is like finding Sasquatch. So I'm so excited. What about you, Jason? Oh, totally, hundred percent, man. Like, come on, it, it, you're gonna have to turn off your phone. You can't go on your computer. Take off those tablets. You got. You just have to watch and enjoy and if you have you know tickets to the game good on you i don't know how much that you know you spent on it but damn enjoy it please we're only six days away probably when this comes out six or five or four more days and then the banner is up and the rings are fitted and it's going to be a ceremony and every single person who's watching the nba who's a fan is watching your r toronto raptors guys have you seen have you seen the rings i have not do they actually show pictures of the rings because the last one i saw i think it was fake Oh, well, if it's fake, I totally fall for it because it looks gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. But everyone's going to be watching we'll it wait. anyways because they want to see Zion Williamson, right? They want to see his first game, which let's be honest, in the in the preseason, he's been killing it, the guy. So it's going to be great. All eyes are going to be on this. And guess what? They're going to have to watch our banner. That's true. They're going to have to watch our rings. In order, in order for them to see that, we're going to have to shape out our roster first yeah. and you know, uh, as you mentioned, this is uh, we're still a week away right now. We're recording this on October the 16th. As we all know, the season starts on October the 22nd. And this roster needs to be trimmed down. Mm-hmm. And Nick Nurse had a few interesting things to say about this roster and specifically Jason, can you uh, fill in the blanks here? Yeah, he did. I mean, it's kind of nice to see some transparency between like coach and player, but Yo, Nick Nurse didn't had he did not hold any bars, man. Like, okay, so per Josh Lewenberg, when he was asking uh, Nick Nurse about the guys, uh, the new guys in particular, how they were helping with defensive mentality, and this is what he said. First off, he was like, nope, 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 nope. He did, he pulled the whole Magic Johnson. Nope, nope, no, no, nope. Those guys uh, have not understood one how hard we play. And two, our schemes and how defense is a priority for them. We've got some work to do with that crew. And then he continues to say, I keep telling them, show me you're going to play defense. Show me you're going to play hard. Show me you understand our coverages. We've got to find who's going to blend in quickly defensively with this crew. So it looks like he's not very impressed with uh, the new guys. What do you guys think about his remarks? You know, everybody was curious as to how Nick Nurse was going to be the first year we won a championship. It's great to see that he's clearly putting himself out there as a guy who wants to have a repeat, a guy who wants to continue his coaching duties, a guy that doesn't want to be the next Tyron Lou. So he's making his mark while putting a fire underneath the ass of these new players and saying, hey, look, now this is, this is publicized. I've been trying to tell you this for ages. This is what I want you to do. Now you know it's out in the open. The whole world knows. Mm-hmm. You got to get it together because otherwise you're out. You know, we got, you know, contract extensions. We've got trade rumors. And they didn't just stop with free agency. They're still going like where CP3 might be going. Um, a lot of players are still on the chopping block. You know, um, Iguodala still wants to get out of out of Memphis. So there's... There's a lot of possibilities, and you know, this is one it's a little embarrassing, but it's a surefire way of letting them know you better get to work. And if they do, great, our team's enhanced. If not, we'll find you somewhere else. And he, and I don't know if you guys have been watching preseason, but 
RHJ has been playing okay. Like he's he's uh, there's a lot of energy that he has, but you know, is it it's kind of sporadic here and there, and there's not really much flow to his game. What who's not impressed me is Stanley Johnson. There's many times when he's been open four three or open uh, for those shots, and he hasn't been taking them. He's been mm-hmm. very hesitant. He's been turning the ball over. Uh, I mean, on, on the defensive end, I I you know you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt because it's preseason. But at the same time, there's nothing that they've been doing um, this whole preseason that's, that's I guess, impressing Nick Nurse in this case. So make sure that this is not halfway through the season and then Nick Nurse says, nope, these guys are playing like crap. So at least it's like preseason, you know? Yeah, and also I think that um, in addition to lighting a fire under those two, and, and let's, let's face it, they're, they are under contract. So it's it's very easy for someone who who has already a contract locked in versus someone let's say like a um i don't know let's say O'Shea Brissett who is fighting for a roster position or a Cameron Payne who's fighting for a roster position mm-hmm. Ooh, Cameron Payne Ronnie did Hall. not look very good though I wouldn't crap Ooh, but yeah. we'll, we'll talk about him yeah. in a second <laughs> as a lot of people um, predicted basically <laughs> oh man yeah, exactly. So with with RHJ and Stanley Johnson, they have contracts. So you can almost see the the possibility that they're kind of, you know, we've got a contract, we're we're good. You know, they they saw it after us, and we're we're gonna have all year long to kind of prove our worth. But Nick Nurse laid down, right? So mm-hmm. you know, that just because they have a contract doesn't mean that they still won't cut him or waive him. So um, yeah, very interesting for him to say that, and I think that it also sends a message um, to the rest of the team. You know, you, you gotta you gotta fight and earn it. I mean. It's funny, whenever I think about watching players and and trying to analyze how they are, sometimes I wish I didn't see I wish I didn't see the name on their back because then you get to really analyze who's trying hard, who's really fitting in um, without the names because you immediately you hear a name like Hollis Jefferson, and then he's standing next to someone, let's say like Matt Thomas, and you're wondering, okay, well, one of them is obviously going to be an NBA player. But if you actually watch the way they play, you see how hard Terrence Davis is trying. You see how hard, you know, O'Shea Brissett, as I already mentioned, is fighting for that roster spot. I, I wasn't seeing that too much, specifically out of Stanley Johnson. Uh, RHJ, to your point, Jay, he's had his moments. Um, but I, I, I'm, I stand behind Nick Nurse and his words. And I'm hoping that it lights that fire and we see a little bit more of what we're gunning for here because, you know, he also mentioned, right, they're they're trying to find their shot on the offensive end. We don't care about that. Mm-hmm. So Nick Nurse kind of gave a little bit of a, a sneak preview on where his, his MO is defense. And, you know, with the loss of Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard and their offensive abilities, he's trying to make sure that on the defensive end, we're not losing any steps. Yeah. So that's our key to victory this year. His, we're gunning for like a top two, top three defensive rating. And that's how we're going to grind our way to the playoffs. I, and I like your point about like, you know, kind of wishing that there were no names on the back jersey. Because when you see someone like Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, you kind of because he's been playing the NBA for a bit now, you kind of know what his game is. And I think what Nurse is asking for is show me something different. Show me that you can play some defense. And if you see someone like in comparison, like Matt Thomas, everyone thought he was going to be this sharp shooter, right? The next uh, JJ Redick or Kyle Korver. But the thing is, when I was watching this preseason, again, taken with a grain of salt, he's been playing a lot of playmaker, playing, putting out all these passes, getting... um getting open and moving without the ball, like instead of just being that uh, three-point shooter, he's been doing a lot of other things, which is kind of impressive. And maybe that's what Nurse is looking for. Hey, Stanley, do something uh, different that that, uh, none of these guys behind you um, who are looking for a contract, who are looking for time, uh, can show me or RHJ, you know, I know that you have a lot of energy, but can you shoot that mid range shot? Can you finish uh, underneath the rim? You know, can you draw fouls? Can you block shots? Can you get those rebounds? Like something different. And, and I think that's what, you know, uh, Nick nurse is looking for, uh, especially to crack this rotation. And, and, and Jay, I know that we have, you know, uh, I think we have to what suit up is maximum 14 or 15. The maximum is 15 players. Uh, typically, what teams will do is they'll do, but then there's only allowed twelve to actually suit up for a game. Oh, okay. Um, and they they keep open three additional spots for those who are injured. So yeah, that's what we're looking at doing right now is this this roster of nineteen players. 
um, because uh, Sagaba Konate was was waived earlier today. Um, this this roster of 19, how are we going to trim it down to 15? Um, and in years past, we have trimmed it. Uh, sorry, Masai has kept it at 14, actually. Um, he likes to keep that extra roster spot in case someone who has been waived or has been uh, cut from another team becomes available. So he he has a, a history, at least over the last couple of years, to kind of keep it at 14 and not max it out at 15. But uh, with with 19 guys, all of them, you know, showing some signs of of cracking the roster, uh, I, you know, it's it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how how the final 15 or possibly 14 shape out. And I think it's kind of fluid when it comes to like maybe the first nine. So we're talking about Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, uh, Pascal, Serge, Mark, um, OG, Norm, Fred Van Vliet. So that's eight. So if we're looking at people uh, like on the bench, I'm thinking um, Chris Boucher, uh, Rondell Ellis Jefferson, of course, Stanley Johnson, and that's 11. Um, I'm thinking maybe Patrick McCall. That's 12. Matt Thomas, because he's on the contract, that's 13. So you're looking for maybe two more. Uh, Terrence Davis is also under contract. Terrence Davis is also, so that's 14. Um, so there's like, this is, this is getting kind of thin right now. Um, but yeah, I think I was, I was liking a lot of uh, O'Shea Brissett, uh, and I wasn't liking a lot of pa- um, Cameron Payne. So you guys think that um, someone like Terrence Davis could cut, to, could cut this rotation? I guess the point here is that, like, yes, Terrence Davis has 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 a shot, but should he make it over, you know, a couple of the other fringe guys, right? Um, I think, I I think we can all agree, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we can all agree that none of us seem to like Cameron Payne. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's an we, understatement. We found the 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 humor and the novelty in his name, but that was about it. <laughs> we are no longer campaigning for campaign. I think that's that's uh maybe it's not a matter of uh and Jay I do agree with a lot of the the, the of what you said in terms of who's going to make the team but maybe we work backwards instead like mm. if we we're looking at 19 players right now who are the four or five who should not make it okay one of them Cameron Payne okay we agree mm-hmm. um, but Cameron Payne it appeared to be that the way that um, Nick Nurse was was uh, and Masai really had had built this team was that it looks like they're looking for that fourth point guard. Mm-hmm. You know, in in the past, like if you think about even how we started last year, it was Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, DeLon Wright, and then the fourth was Jordan Lloyd on that two way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So this year, we don't have that luxury. It's Lowry, Fred Van Vliet. Our third point guard appears to be Patrick McCaw. The way he's being used in the preseason, um, and then again, we're going to follow the the blueprint of what we've done in the past. If there's going to be a fourth, then it it's been shaping out as Cameron Payne versus Isaiah Taylor for Ooh. that fourth spot. And yeah, you you hit it on the head, Dre. Oof, in, indeed. Like neither That's of those awkward. guys. Like, you could you could make a case for Isaiah Taylor, um, but he hasn't really shown anything uh, really eye-popping, which, again, you're not really hoping, like, you know, grain of salt here, right? I mean, there, there'd be the fourth point guard. Maybe they'd see spot minutes in a blowout, but still, if that's what you're gunning for, neither of those guys have really stood out. I mean, I'd much rather save that spot for someone else, mm-hmm. but maybe I'm alone on this. Do you guys think we need that fourth point guard? Um, I don't know about, like, fourth I mean, I, I think the third is probably quite important. And I was watching some Terrence Davis playing that guard spot too. I know he's typically more of a shooting guard, uh, and he wasn't playing. He wasn't very comfortable. He kind of gave up the ball really quickly when he was dribbling up the floor. So, uh, uh, the the fourth point guard, I, I don't know. I mean, if Cameron Payne is there, I don't. I wouldn't see him. I'd see him play like a more Jordan Wood, uh, guy in a suit kind of role. But I, I kind of hope that he doesn't play very much. But I honestly, like, if if you're going to train uh these players to be like uh, a certain a, like a, i guess a certain player that you want him to play like for the 905 or something like that i would say keep terrence davis uh make him that uh semi guard shooting guard kind of point guard kind of player but you know don't 
you don't just settle and go with the Cameron Payne or Isaiah Taylor that hasn't shown you anything else. I mean, Stanley Johnson because would, would also fill that guard spot too, maybe, or is he more of a forward? I don't know. But again, I would say Terrence he's Davis. More of a, he's more of a three. He's more of a three. Yeah. Okay. So I'll I'll stick with the Terrence. Yeah, Davis. I'd, I'd rather trust. I I trust someone like Siakam taking up the ball. Yeah. Stanley. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Yeah. In this case, even like Norman Powell really taking the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I, and I, you know what? I I agree with you. I think. Davis as that combo guard that I'd rather have that than kind of settling for Taylor or, or Payne. Um, and then I think you guys had mentioned earlier, Chris Boucher now in, in, I guess, according to Blake Murphy, who has been in and out of all of the, the training camp practices. It appears that while Boucher is not under contract, he would be the, um, He'd be in line to be one of the the fifteen, but maybe not necessarily the top twelve. I mean, yeah, you kind of hope he does though, because uh, again, if we go back to Nick Nurse's uh, comments, let's just assume for a second that Stanley Johnson does not crack the top twelve. Mm-hmm. Jay needs more time, more minutes, because if he is the future of the Raptors, if we're gonna, if he's gonna be pulling down the center position either in a bench role or as a starter, he needs more minutes and. We need to give more breaks to Mark Gasol, uh, who's now entering his age 34 year, I believe, or 35. So, yeah, um, yeah absolutely. I'm on board with Boucher. Uh, it even sounds like Dewan Hernandez might even crack the roster here. So, um, hmm. I don't know. Exciting times all around. Yeah, sir. yeah uh, Boucher is somebody that I think could have a breakout year, um, if given the chance, of course. And I think... Yeah, offer the spot because obviously Nick Nurse is acknowledging that some people, um, as Serge Ibaka would say, aren't hungry enough. So mm-hmm. granted to somebody who, uh, as far as I'm concerned, has shown a few more flashes of promise than, once again, not to beat a dead horse, Cameron Payne. So I think uh, I think Boucher definitely has proven uh what he can do how uh i think he has to bulk up a bit but he's played that integral role in the 905 he's played in a system with the raptors and the 905 obviously is kind of coached the same way as the raptors uh do so you know it's it's kind of time i want to see what boucher has i want to see if he can step up like siakam did because you know we watched players like norm fred siakam play in the 905 and and they definitely relish in that opportunity. And now Chris Boucher has that opportunity as well. So I'm hoping to see some some of him. I'm hoping to see all, uh, some good news from Terrence Davis, also with O'Shea Brissett. Um, those those three is kind of like our future when it comes to the 905. So so yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. nothing's really going to touch those nine that that I spoke about in the beginning. Um, but I do. I am intrigued. I, I now that we've seen uh, the growth and development that the nine, the nine hundred five uh, can give to the Raptors. Like it's it's kind of getting getting more attention. There's a lot more eyes on him, and now I'm more intrigued. You know, like I know people like Blake Murphy who does an incredible job um, making sure that we know who these guys are in the nine hundred five. Now it's time for us to actually like watch listen and learn and see what's going on in our backyard in mississauga i want to see if if there's a lot of time for terrence davis to play in a nine five i'm gonna go watch him man yeah absolutely so i mean from the sounds of it i mean if we're looking at uh, the raptors making four possibly five cuts it sounds like none of us seem to like isaiah taylor or cameron payne um none of us have even mentioned the name devin robinson so let's assume that's another cut yeah um so that really leaves um, one or two more cuts. And on the chopping block would then be O'Shea Brissett, who it sounds like he's in a, a favorite to get a two-way contract, so he might be safe. Um, Chris Boucher, who we said already, like he's 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 set. I, I think we all agree mm-hmm. that he's he's going to crack the roster and he's going to get more minutes and they're going to see what they've got out of him. It's, it's time for him to kind of step up. Mm-hmm. Um, Dewan Hernandez has, has impressed both in training camp and in the preseason so uh i think he's in in the lead to even if he doesn't crack the roster get a two-way um which kind of leaves malcolm miller as your odd man out do you guys agree with him being the last cut that's not a that's not an obscure thing to say i I think miller is um is french definitely for sure um it's hard i always have a uh 
I have affection for. I have a soft spot for post Raptor players. Like even someone like Chris Boucher, who's been there for a while. Malcolm Miller has also been there for a while. Like even when Jordan Lloyd went to play for Europe, I was like, oh man, <laughs> he, he was a Raptor. He was on our bench, and so yeah. I mean, Malcolm Miller. I think what he has shown when playing for the Raptors is that he's a spot up shooter. Uh, there wasn't really anything else though. So if you were going to sign someone like Matt Thomas, uh, and if someone like Chris Boucher can also show some range, um, and Terrence Davis obviously can can be that slasher, I don't know. I don't see very much uh, anywhere for for uh, Malcolm Miller. I mean, maybe he can be uh, scooped up from another team, a la Alfonso McKinney. I hope someone uh, snatches Malcolm Miller because you know you want you want to see your your old teammates relish. You want to see them uh, strive for those opportunities, and they got it. And because of the nine oh five, obviously because of their hard work, but you know we gave them the op- that opportunity, so it's it's nice. So if he's not going to scratch, you know the, the the Raptors roster, I do hope if Malcolm Miller is on the chopping block, I hope someone picks him up. That's all. Hey, let, how about this? Let's let's bring it around full circle to the very first point that we talked about. Would you rather have? Malcolm Miller or Stanley Johnson on this team? I would say Malcolm Miller. I'd say Stanley Johnson. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting in having. Interesting. Stanley Johnson was, when was he picked? He was, wasn't he a lottery pick? He was not. He, he was in the, oh, wait, maybe, Stan, maybe Stanley Johnson was. I feel Ooh, like. Fact check time. Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure Stanley Johnson was. With that kind of potential, I mean, you see. You, you know, this might be a stretch, but you see someone like uh, Markel Fultz, who obviously hasn't shown anything. So we have to bring him up. But, like, the whole point of it is that, like, because of his potential, everyone's going to give him that opportunity. Orlando's giving him that opportunity even three years after he showed nothing, right? So with someone like Stanley Johnson, he's such a high draft pick that I kind of want to see if we, a fresh start, maybe he... Maybe he shows something. Maybe he, he just needed a spark from another team, and maybe we can give it to him. So that would be a nice story to have. I just think that potential is just too hard to give up for Malcolm Miller. And, and you know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with, with Jason on this. He is, and not because he is a lottery pick, because he was. He was drafted eighth. Um, but there's a couple of other benefits to having him on the team. Um, he was uh, a teammate of, of RHJ in, in Arizona. So there oh. there is a bit of a... a um, it, it, there's a camaraderie. It's, like, it's kind of like Kawhi and Danny Green light. Yeah, you know, okay. uh, you know, you bring in two new guys, but at least they know each other. You know, yeah. So at least there's like that that little mini chemistry going on there. Um, and also with Malcolm Miller, it's kind of you know we've kind of given him his shot now, and like maybe this this is the the kick in the butt, and he ends up signing with another squad. But yeah. I mean, we we we're, we're kind of full on the wing side. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, so I know we went a little bit longer than than expected with this, but before we hit a break, I really want to ask you guys quickly: who on this roster? Let's say we we even with everybody on the roster, no one's going to cut yet. Okay, who is your most intriguing Raptor player so far? Out of anybody or new players? Uh, anybody? No, no, anybody, anybody, because mine is not a new player. Now there's mine. Um, God, you uh, either you guys want to go first? I got to think about this. I gave you the agenda beforehand. You had like hours to think about this. <laughs> he was too nervous for fantasy. It was the man. fantasy draft that screwed me up. I'm thinking about all these other players. True, I, I hear you. I feel you, man. I feel. I was. I was writing these notes while I was doing the fantasy. Man. That's fair. Fantasy season is important. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go with Mark Gasol. He is. Um, okay. Oh, interesting. And you know the 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 hype train will be around. You know your Terrence Davises and, and and your Matt Thomas, but I am really intrigued with Marcus All. So the the Raptors were one of the best three point shooting teams after the All Star break. Uh, 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 sorry, after we picked up Marcus All, that's not going to be the case mm-hmm. this year. But I'm very intrigued by what a full season with Marcus All is going to be like. Um, what I, what really intrigued me when we picked him up was. Yes, there's another uh, perfect and amazing passer on this team outside of just relying on Lowry. Right. So I'm I'm picturing that to be our offense. Uh, you know, when when if we go back to Nick Nurse's remarks, there are a little bit of Easter eggs in what he was saying. That he was dropping some clues, not only talking about the defense but the offense. 
you notice how he said things like, oh, Stanley's trying to look for his shot and and, and Rondé is trying to, um, you know, get his points in when they're just not going with the flow of the offense. I think he's trying to point at the fact that, dudes, you guys are both good cutters. Get to cutting because right. you've got Gasol who are going to mm. find you. And I think that's what their offense is going to look like. A whole lot of cutting, a whole lot of dribble handoffs, and that's all initiated by Gasol. So I'm intrigued by him. Um, I don't think there will be any kind of championship hangover. He's still got some mileage that he can still run with. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that. And then of course on the defense vet, we already know he's a monster and he's kind of a, you know, keeping the break break in case of emergency, which happened in Philadelphia. And uh yeah, it worked out really well there. So yeah, that's my guy, Gasol. That's okay. good. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. If I ever if we get any morsel of Memphis Gasol, even if we get a little bit of that, I, I would be so happy. So yeah, good pick. I would definitely pick Pascal. Um, I want to know okay. that if the jump he took last year from like fringe player to borderline all-star, he made such a big impact in la- all of last year and also in the playoffs. So uh, if he makes from all-star to superstar and keeps this you know, Raptor team relevant, I think, and now that he's the number one option, um, it's, it, I- I'm intrigued if he can do it pretty much. Like he's going to be called upon to be the number one guy Kawhi is gone. He's asking for a mass contract. I think he deserves it, but you know he has to prove it. Um, and he has also, also has to prove that last year wasn't a fluke either. So that's who I'm intrigued about. I want to know if he can do this. I don't think we've ever had this player that said who's who went honestly. I I we no one really heard of him, right? Like when we when we drafted him, I don't think any of us thought he 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 wasn't on anybody's radar. Everyone was like Pascal, who the hell, right? So. Now that he's basically a borderline all-star, is this a fluke? Is this is this something that this, he's destined to be? Is he our next superstar? Is he can he actually step in the shoes of Kawhi? That's a big big ask. But I want to know. I'm intrigued if if he can do it. Honestly, so my pick is Pascal Siakam. Yeah, those are both excellent picks. Um, yeah, part of the reason why I wanted to go third was I wanted to not repeat any options that I had because those were two players that I was thinking of. So luckily, the guy I wanted to talk about the most wasn't selected, um, Norman Powell. Speaking mm, of filling pick. in Kawhi Leonard's shoes, it's like, is this guy going to promote himself to a starting position? If so, is he going to be consistent? If so, this guy's clearly hungry. This guy clearly still has stuff to prove. He still has, as we've seen in a lot of the press conferences, he still is Storm and Norman. He's got this ambition to prove that we weren't just a fluke, as was brought up earlier. We can go on without Kawhi, but he is going to be the guy not overtaking the team, but overtaking the literal spot. So you have Marc Gasol, who is not your third or fourth best option on a team. He's going to have to step up a little bit, and it's going to be exciting as a fan of his. You've got Siakam, who might full-on take the the leadership position, which a lot of us are assuming and are probably right in assuming. But you've got Norman Powell, who's filling up that empty spot, but the guy is hungry, and the guy takes after Kyle Lowry with his hunger, with striving to be good. And we've seen when Norman Powell's consistent he does not let up. He just does not stop. And it's a beautiful thing. So what are the numbers going to be like if he's a starter, mm-hmm. if he's filling in? What's it going to be like? And I'm excited. Love the choices, guys. I absolutely do. And you both hit it on the head in terms of what is it that we're trying to uh, make up for? We're trying to make up for a little bit of that offense. Well, a, lot, a large portion of that, option, of that offense from Kawhi and Danny. And you know what? Uh, it, it's not going to be one guy. And the two names that you've listed are definitely going to help in immensely in that fashion. Um, Norm Powell finished the season as a 40% three-point shooter. And that's kind of that benchmark that you want um, from someone who's trying to make up for Danny Green's outside shooting. I think he can do it. Um, and for Siakam, if you noticed last year, all of his offense and all of his points were just in the flow of the offense. So he never really forced it. And now that he's going to have even more usage, uh, yeah, big things are expected and it should be coming his way. So very exciting time, guys. Um, but yeah, I think this is a good time to head into a break. Yes, sir. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon.
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, if Cameron Payne wants to stick around, he better buy himself one of those. <laughs> He's got to get a ShamWow. Oh, I love the I love the hate on campaign. It's like we, he hasn't even played a regular season game for the Raptors, and we're like, no, no. Thank, He's no. now going to make the roster. I know, right? He one hundred percent will on roster number sixteen um, somehow. Oh man! But all right. So enough enough like Raptor news. Let's let's look to the rest of the NBA. So again, this is the last episode before the season starts, which is kind of crazy. Because I remember when we were already celebrating the championship, we, we were kind of on cloud nine and we're like, we don't want this to end. But at the same time, I miss basketball. So this is great. Uh, the season's about to start and obviously we want our Raptors to win it all again. But you got a whole bunch of storylines that are going around in the NBA. We've talked about it already in previous episodes. We'll probably talk about it again with a couple of more other guests. But I want to know. I would, I, just really, really early predictions. I want to know your top eight in the East and the West and listeners. I want you to follow along too. I want to know yours as well. Um, and you know, send us your picks and everything you got. And we want to know, we want to interact with you guys. So I'm going to give you my, uh, top eight for the East. And this is an order to you guys. You have to give me like first to eight. Uh, so I'll go first and then Jay, maybe you can come after and then, and then Dre, maybe we'll see how yours is as well. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. So for the East, I'm going to go number one, Sixers, two, Bucks, three, Pacers, four, Raptors, five, Heat, six, Celtics, seven, Nets, eight, Magic. Jay, what about you? All right. Okay. I've got number one, Bucks, two, Sixers, three, Raptors, four, Celtics, five, Pacers, Six Magic, seven Heat, spot the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, it looks like we're all thinking kind of kind of the same thing, one. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got one Sixers, two Bucks, three Raptors, four Celtics, five Pistons, six Pacers, Pistons, seven the Heat, eight Nets. I think the Pistons are gonna have a breakout year, and they're gonna capitalize. Over some of the injuries that we've got, including a pretty fragile but great Pacers team, so we'll see. Huh? I, I'm I'm intrigued. I I like I do like the Pacers too. I I want to see if there's like some sort of resurgent when it comes to uh, Derrick Rose. I want to see if he can uh, stay out of injury pro. And I don't know how much Blake Griffin is going to play though. That's the only problem. I don't like. I feel like Andre Drummond is going to play a lot of minutes, and then. Blake Griffin is going to play, I don't know, I'm going to say 60 games or something like that. But Pistons, that's interesting. I like it. Um, On to the yeah, ones. that's that's really the only huge difference, right, is that the Pistons made it in there. Um, and who is it that got left out then? Oh, the Magic didn't make it for you. Mm-hmm. That's the really Magic or French, yeah. Yeah, I hear Different that. And I, I can see why, right? The Magic are are one of those, like, they didn't make any changes, like any. So. Right. Right. That's true. So, like, how much better are they going to be in a league that has gone through substantial changes, including the Pacers and the Nets for sure, um, and the top two teams, the uh, the Bucks and the especially the Seventy Sixers? Hey, so, I mean, how are they going to compete? You guys don't believe in Markel Fultz? Come on, you don't think they can lead into playoffs? as a Seventy Sixers fan? I absolutely cannot <laughs> believe in Markel. Not even on the Sixers. Oh, I know. Like I, I come on. I think I think Markel's got a little bit of something in his, and he has so much to prove. So much to prove. I, and yeah, like okay, I I think the Magic, uh, they don't really like you said, Jay. They didn't do anything in the off season, but did they have to? Like you have a a pretty a, a yes, really yes they did. But you have a really good center in Vucevic. You have 
uh, a pretty good power forward um, energy guy in Aaron Gordon. You have like the surgeons of uh, Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz, and oh, you even have Terrence Ross that can be uh, often, I guess, uh, off and on. But I, I don't know. They they could they could kind of build from last year. You know what I mean? Like me, I guess they probably needed somebody, but who's going to go to Orlando? Let's be real. I think they, I think they can make the playoffs. I believe in them. I think that's what they basically did, right? It's just, they, they kept things status quo and, and look where they're going to end up. They're probably going to end up like, they're really hoping on like Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba making the leap, you know, and it, it's possible, but uh, yeah, it should be interesting. And, and based off of the, the, the standings that you guys have, have given the magic, in Jason and yours would be facing the Sixers in round one. Yes. Uh, in my bracket, it would be a rematch against the Raptors in the first round. And in Dre's bracket, well, the Magic didn't make it. So, all right, yeah, they may, they probably need to do something something in their trade deadline. Uh, all right, let's move on to the West. So, um, and for my number one in the West, I have the Clippers. Number two, Ooh. I got the Nuggets. Three Lakers. Four Rockets, five Blazers, six Warriors, seven Jazz, eight Pelicans. Jay? Damn. I should have pre- prefaced this with our answers are this is where it's going to get very interesting because yeah. the West yeah, is. Yeah, the West is so jambled. <laughs> I was just still pretty similar, but yeah. Time for me what to shock yours? the world. Yeah, go ahead. One, Rockets. Number oh. two, Nuggets. Number three, Clippers. Number four, Jazz. Five, Warriors. Six, Lakers. Number seven is the Thunder. Thunder. What? Wow. Number eight, the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, that's from Redemption right there. That's fine. Holy. That is is out of. Okay. No one has said the Spurs yet, so I'm, I'm kind of intrigued. Wow. Okay. Oh, you don't have to wait too long. That's interesting. You don't have to wait too long. All right, Dre. Uh, Shock the world. Number one, the the Spurs. No, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, number <laughs> number one, the Clippers. Uh, number two, I've got the Nuggets. We all agree on one thing: the Nuggets there are coming second. I got, I got one in the Clippers. Uh, <laughs> and the, true, but uh, not everyone agreed on that. That's true. Uh, number three, Rockets. Number four, I got the Blazers. Number five, even though my hot take is. They could miss the playoffs with all of their injuries. I'm still going to pick the Lakers. Number six, I got the Warriors. Seven, there we go. I got the Spurs. I, I have faith in Popovich. I want him to have another winning record. Number eight, I've got the Dallas Mavericks. They're going to make it again. I believe nice. in them. I do not have the Mavericks on. I have the Pelicans in that. In, in but that that's a fringe. really good pick. Yeah. So that's a that, really that good that pick. It could easily us, come true. That kind of leads us to our fringe playoff teams or our cringe playoff teams. So fringe meaning teams that will probably surprise uh, or surpass expectation, and opposed to our cringe teams that teams sh- that should make the playoffs but don't. So for my fringe team, I have uh, of course the Pelicans. I think they yeah. are so young and they have. So much potential. There's so much talent. And talk about playing with house money, man. Like, they have nothing to lose. They have one of the the, the highest touted rookie in since LeBron. And he already looks like a man amongst boys. I don't... Is he going to win uh, rookie of the year? Maybe. I don't see anyone else. Maybe John Morant, uh can can fight for him with the, for that trophy. But I don't know. I mean, like Zion looks ridiculous. I, again... Just preseason, but the way he took a hit from uh, Rudy Gobert, who's one of the uh, top shot bloggers in the league, he looks pretty good, man. He looks pretty good. So my fringe team are the Pelicans. My cringe team, my cringe team is uh, sorry, Dre, but the Sacramento Kings. Um, I don't like. like I, well, why do I care about the Kings? Well, it's just because like I they they're they're that team that you want to be in the playoffs. Like you have you have this affection for them because they've all they've been good before and they've just been crap this entire like decade right and you want them to be good and now that they have like that that backcourt of buddy Heald and darian fox and they run and gun and uh i just don't think they have enough a leadership veteran uh leadership to bring them over the hump i'm glad that their city is back um excited and, and entertained uh but i don't 
think that they can crack that playoff spot, especially in the loaded West. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I I don't even really like the Kings outside of the purple unis and uh, <laughs> or the Stojakovic, you know, the, and the yeah, the 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 the, the white chocolate era. Yeah, yeah. Chris Webber. Yeah, it was the best era. <laughs> I, I, just, part, I, just that, that, I don't really care. I just them. think that for Sacramento. <laughs> You want like freaking our team won already. So if there's any uh fringe playoff team that I want to make the playoffs, it'd be Sacramento. I just don't think they can. That's all. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree with that. If they do, it'll be a surprise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. What about Dre? What about your fringe and cringe playoff team? Well, my fringe is obviously uh, the Dallas Mavericks because I I stuck them in at the end. I think the the dynamic duo of Doncic and Porzingis is already looking fantastic, especially like a half court lob to Porzingis from Doncic. Like the their awareness of the game, maybe it's their their Euroleague connection, but it's already off the charts. Plus, you've got Carlisle, who I think is a fantastic coach with the right pieces. It takes a miraculous coach to make something out of nothing, like a Popovich could, but. When Carlisle's got the right pieces, I don't know. I think this is going to be a pretty dynamic team. Um, as for cringe, though, like, I might have to go with, yeah, in a similar spot, uh, much to both of your chagrin, uh, the Orlando Magic, where I think they have a lot of the right pieces, but as was brought up before, they haven't made enough moves in the busiest offseason we've had in years. I think it's a little crazy that there's any high expectation. Maybe they could just crack the playoffs, but a high expectation? I don't see it myself. And unless they make some big moves otherwise, I think, you know, as was proven with the Raptors, you know, in the first round of the playoffs, a lot of teams have the Orlando Magic figured out. And even though last season I said that they could crack the playoffs, and they did. They they made their way in there. They're a little bit too rudimentary, I think. They they gotta figure out something that you know can't can't be precedented, I think. Like you can't you can't predict it. You can't they've they've got some stuff to figure out, I think. So I think they're they're just gonna barely miss it. I like the nine spot. Hmm. Uh well yeah, my fringe team was gonna be the Mavs, but since you already touched on it, I guess I have to justify why the Thunder are in there. Yes, please. Because I'm just yes. like, what in the really? world? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you look at the roster, the rosters are actually not bad. They've got, I mean, with Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis Alexander, I've been practicing. I hope I got that nice. right. Uh, running the point with Dennis Schroeder, they've got a like a nice three-headed monster there at point guard. Like regardless of what, what you know, what we all think, but I'm I'm sensing a little bit. If, if you're a listener of, of Bill Simmons, you'll know this. But I, I have there's a bit of that. Patrick Ewing theory here. I think that Russell Westbrook no longer being there will make this team better. They will not be reliant on him. They've got some good pieces in there. It's not like Westbrook left for nothing. Nari is there, and Stephen Adams is still there, and Nerlens Noel is there. And Andre Roberson, while he has been very injured, is a very solid defender. So I think they've got some pieces there. And like, don't let, let's not discount the fact that. No, Chris Paul, while he is declining, still is a great player. And then with him teaching SGA the way to be uh, as as a guard in the NBA, I think they might surprise people so much so that uh, I yeah I have them slotted in at the seven spot. So wow. um, I'm I'm surprised that that you know they kind of ended up there for me, but uh, <laughs> I'll stick to that. I think I guess. Chris Paul <laughs> is is you know he's probably taking a lot of crap because I know I, I heard somewhere that he basically, you know, tried his best to get not fix, but adjust the CBA so he can get that contract that he has now. Now that he has it, nobody wants him. Especially with yeah. his with his injury history. He's never been to the finals before. Can he lead a team and does anybody want to pay him that much money? He probably and takes he's borderline toxic at this point. But that's that's a thing. He, he that's the stigma that Chris Paul has is holding right now. I'm sure it's kind of like the same with Jimmy Butler, right? He's, he's borderline toxic. We think so too, but maybe he's just looking out for himself. I don't know. Uh, I still think Chris Paul is a great, 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 great point guard. 
I wouldn't. Okay, I don't get me wrong. I'd be surprised if if the if he leads the the OKC Thunder to to the playoffs. But I mean, Chris Paul, he's he's an all star. He's he's in my eyes, he's still a great great point guard, and I wouldn't be surprised if takes this OKC team to another level. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It's not even going to be all on his shoulders, too, right? right. I mean, SGA is coming up. Um, he's, they've got a couple of good pieces there. I think what we saw with the, the Rockets specifically is that the, he just didn't fit in there. The ball needed to be in Harden's hand. And and I think that's also why I've got the Rockets up at number one is that you're already seeing a bit of that in the preseason is Westbrook is taking a step to the side and letting Harden do his thing and then filling in any gaps, right? So I think with the two of them kind of... Um, um, one of them's always going to be on the court. I think they are built for the regular season. Now, these standings predictions have nothing to do with the playoffs, right? Like the Thunder are going to get blitzed in four games. Uh, the Rockets like are do. not going to make the, the NBA Finals, even as a one seed. So, but these are just the standings prediction, right. right? I mean, that's also why I have the Bucks at number one. They are built for the regular season. That's so, true. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of the way I went with it. Um, so, it, in terms of my cringe team. Um, again, sticking to the West, uh, and I'm going to go with the Blazers. Uh, they didn't make the playoffs for me. I know they made the playoffs for both of you. Um, but if you remember the, well, we always, we will always remember the, uh, when the Raptors first made the conference finals and, you know, we took two games from the Cavs and then the Cavs and LeBron just kind of, it's almost like they had that extra gear mm-hmm. to tell us you don't deserve to be here. And, and it was really humbling. And then the following yeah. season, we get just destroyed in the playoffs. It just, it was a signal like the beginning of the end. And for the Blazers, I feel like that's what last year was. That was the, okay, you made it to the conference finals, pat on the back, great job. But the Warriors showed you, you don't belong there. And of Whiteside, it does not move the needle for me. Um, I think that they're actually... Um, they're not going to regress so much as it is other teams in the West are going to do better than them. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, yeah, I've got them right at nine. So they're they're not making the playoffs for me. The Blazers are always going to be looked from the outside in, but they somehow, some way, they always make it to the playoffs. They're kind of like the Spurs. You know, they're they're never going to be like oh they're going to, they're like a a playoff lock. Uh, some way, Blazers are just like you know what you know we'll we'll. We'll be there. We'll be in the playoffs. Don't worry. Uh, and you're right. The the changes that they've made, they've only like added Whiteside. That's mo- the most notable one. But they still have that tandem of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum that has worked. That has worked, and they have a really good coach. Um, they have a really good crowd too. So yeah, you're right. I mean, they've never really made it as far as even winning a conference final game. And uh, I, I I'm sure it was like a humbling feeling for them as well to be there. Uh, but the West is so wide open, man. They can make it to, they can make it to, you know, fifth, like that, that they're on my list or they can make it to freaking 12th. We don't know. The West is just so, so wide open. So yeah, I can see that. I can see that for sure. Cool. Well, yeah. um, you know, and, and I also could have gone with two or three more fringe teams. Um, one that would really appeal to Dre, but I will leave that for another What's time. That? I've got the T-Wolves doing better than expected. I think they will too, but like I, I want them to do even better than I'm expecting them to. So let's see. Talk about poisonous players, though. You got Andrew Wiggins still, who is oh, who is dude. he is the top paid player on the Timberwolves too, right? Yes, he is, and he's not he's not poisonous as much as he is viral. Like he just, it, it, it's not like a drama that he infects on the team. It's 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 a lethargy. Like it's it's terrible. He's just got a. Pl- it's hard to tell a professional athlete to have fun, <laughs> you know, at their at their sport. It's just whenever you watch him play, he it doesn't look like he's enjoying himself, you know. And and yeah, he got his money, but like he doesn't even want to play for. He's never wanted to play for his country. And I'm not saying that that's a detrimental to his playing career, but I mean at the same time, he's not shown anything. He hasn't shown any of uh the the contract that that he's been paid. He hasn't brought this team to any type of relevance, and it's all on Carl Anthony's Towns. What fifth, sixth year, and n- nothing has changed. So someone has to, something has to change in Minnesota. It's either the Minnesota Timberwolves or Wiggins. But anyways, Jay, 
That's as what... long as Cat doesn't leave. Yes, yes, agreed. Cat is a stud, man. So yeah, I think uh, now's a good time to move over to, I mean, we already mentioned earlier who we felt was the most intriguing player on the Raptor squad, but let's move that out to the rest of the NBA. And my question to you guys is kind of twofold. Who do you, who's the most intriguing non-Raptor to you? And if you want to also answer this, most intriguing team. Uh, let's start with you, Jay. Sure. Um, my intriguing team is going to go with my fringe team, which are the Pelicans. Uh, they're like my league pass team. If I did get league packs, but I'm too cheap, so I don't have league pass. Uh, but if I did, it'd be the Pelicans for sure. Um, uh, Zion is, is just too, like, I just want to see everything that Zion does, honestly, but he is not my most intriguing player. My most intriguing player is Lonzo. Uh, I, I don't think he was, uh, he had a fair share. I think he had a too much criticism when he came into the league as a Laker. Uh, I think to all the drama with the, Big baller brand and his father and his you know brothers going to Lithuania to play like I feel like Lonzo needed a fresh start and his shots looking good is not that weird like sweep through his midsection. Relatively into, speaking, it looks good. Relatively right? speaking, Relative again, yeah, it like absolutely, because yeah. it looks like if like yeah. my baby nephew was shooting a shot at a Nerf gun or something like that. Like it's <laughs> it looked strange, but relatively speaking, it looks a little bit better. Uh, and I think not, it's not going to be on his shoulders to lead this team. It's going to be a full effort. He has his friends that are from the Lakers uh, to, to play with as well. So he has... Um, He's familiar with the team style, with the with the players. Uh, he has a a budding superstar to play with, and I, I want to see if Lonzo can can kind of get his reputation back. You know, I, for a second overall pick in the draft, um, you're supposed to kind of lead a franchise uh, to the right direction, and he didn't do that with the Lakers. Uh, I wonder if he can do that with a first overall pick. And also, and I, I I think the addition with the JJ Redick is going to be really good for him too. Anyway, sorry, Jay, go ahead. No, uh, no, I like I like what you said mainly because you said that it's not on his shoulders. You're right; his shot is no longer literally on his shoulders <laughs> anymore. Shoulders. So. <laughs> very good, very well right done. Direction. Well done, well done. Yeah, there you go. Dre, who you got? Yeah. Uh, intriguing team, intriguing player. For my team, I'm going to go with the Clippers. Did you see? That magazine cover with the new unis, the, the the starting six because they don't really have a five because I mean Lou Williams exists, so it really is a starting six. That is a killer lineup. Holy bejesus! That that's all I need to say. All I need to say is I am stoked to see what happens. I can imagine there's going to be a lot of load management between the two key players, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. But come playoff time. Oh my god, I think there's going to be destruction. As for a player, not to continue my bandwagon of, uh, not the Clippers, but in general, uh, a team that I I tout on here a lot, Ben Simmons. Mm. The fact that he landed that, that, that three, but who cares, right? My point is, that three was far. That wasn't just behind the line. That was like a good five feet behind the line. And he just did it because the crowd asked him to. The guy's getting comfortable with his jumper. It's not looking perfect, but it's looking better. If this guy, I'm not going to go Charles Barkley, you know, crazy and say that he's going to be a top 10 player if he gets a jump shot. But if he gets a jump shot, top 10 player of the league right now, I think it's possible. Not all the time. That's a little crazy. But right now, I want to see what Ben Simmons can do, especially if they're trying to figure out this new lineup. They've got Horford. Uh, and Bede's obviously still there, but they're trying to, they've got new key pieces. They're trying to see what they can do with it. And with the loss of JJ Redick, they've got a lot of defense. We get that, but we need that offense now. And if this guy pulls that, pulls through, he's going to be frightening. So that's my player. Well, you know what? It, it's funny. Cause like, you know, as long as the Sixers keep playing NBA teams, uh, sorry, teams that are not in the NBA at home, up by 30 and about to reach halftime. Sure. You can absolutely hit those three pointers. <laughs> Come um, on. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's funny that you also say the Clippers. Cause like, okay. I mean, we were talking about fantasy earlier and um, you know, my, one of my favorite websites that I like going to during the fantasy season is uh, Roto world and checking out the NBA depth charts. 
And um, you know, looking at the Clippers, the the way that they're they're, they're I guess the web page is is formatted. It's just two teams uh, per I guess per page break. And the Clippers are side by side with the Lakers because it's in alphabetical order. And what they show is, um, I guess, for quicker reference, if a player is injured, for fantasy purposes, they put a little bit of a uh, like that, like like the uh, the ambulance sign almost to show that they're injured or they're going to miss yeah. a game or something like that. Yeah. Anyways, the reason I bring that up is the Clippers and the Lakers are littered with these symbols. Littered. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Paul George, Landry Shamit. Like, it's all over LA, like, for both squads. Specifically the Lakers, who have, like, eight guys with that plus sign. It's not looking good. Um, so, uh, interesting choice, because you're right. If, if, if they're healthy, I mean... You know what? I'll save my words on the Clippers because I, I will be talking about them very shortly. Um, okay. Foreshadowing. Okay. Uh, so uh, I guess for for me, um, the most intriguing team and player are both uh, from the same city. Uh, so team is Dallas and player is Doncic. So nice. Uh, nice. I think that that uh, you know last year what we saw from Luca, it it's very excited about him, but the, the crazy part is, I think what you can see from Dallas this year is specifically comes back anything remotely close to what he was pre-injury. Uh, Dallas is very, very intriguing to me. And uh, I can see them making the playoffs. I can see them, even when they make the playoffs, making some noise. I mean, in my hypothetical bracket, it would be a round one matchup with the Rockets. I could see them upsetting the Rockets. You know what I mean? So um, this team really does, uh, you know, I, I got to give a shout to Dallas, man. They 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 did it right, you know, specifically starting in the last trade deadline. And yeah, it should be interesting uh, moving forward. So Dallas and, and John Doncic, like he's going to be high on my fantasy radar. So if, if you're drafting against me, good luck because uh, <laughs> I'm picking him up. Jay coming in with the second round pick, Luka Doncic coming at you. Oh man! All right. So before before we close out, real quick, real quick, Dre MVP and champs for this year. Oh God! Um, oh, well, Quick. Caps. All right, I'll I'll jump in really quickly and just say Steph Curry and L.A. Clippers. Cool. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna go Clippers, and I'm gonna do a wild card here. Jimmy Butler. I think he's gonna go crazy oh, with wow. with Miami. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. I, I hate doing this, but I'm gonna go Joel Embiid and 76ers. Ooh, nice. yeah. I hope it's the 76ers. Yeah, there it is. All right. So again, guys, uh, season just around the corner. Uh, if if you guys are living in the Eastern Standard Time, the Raptors are going to raise that banner. That spring ceremony is going to start at 7 p.m. EST. Please make sure to bring your family, bring your friends. I don't care what you guys do. This is going to be a monumental day for Raptors fans and honestly the country of Canada well at least for Raptor fans um but until then we'll definitely come back to you either on the Wednesday or Thursday of next of next week to kind of dissect what's going on uh how how you know honestly how we all felt and how that game went and how we feel uh going into the first week of the NBA schedule so until next time Dre we're gonna find you brother you can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs you could follow my film editorial website films fatale f-i-l-m-s f-a-t-a-l-e dot com we are currently looking at every single best picture winner ever including the garbage ones we've already reached a couple of those so uh they're only going to keep coming the good the bad and the ugly and we're still accepting your reader poll so what your favorite and least favorite films of the decade are how the last 10 years shaped up for you please submit your thoughts jay where can we find you uh, find all my work on uh, Raptors HQ, uh, specifically this pod. But um, starting on Monday, I am bringing back the weekly edition of the wrap up, which is a look at the games of the week for the Raptors because the season's starting, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, look out for that every Monday morning. And uh, yeah, that's me. Oh, and you can find me on Twitter at Rosalesaurus, R O S A L E S A U R U S. Over to you, Jay. Nice. And sporadically, Jay, you're going to be on probably CB24 and CBC coming up. You were just on CB24 on the nice. couch, man, on the couch. Very nice. 
Very nice. Um, I'm good time. Love, well done, love man. promoting the show. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, uh, you can find us. We're going to be featured on South of the Six on the 20th. So probably on Sunday. I don't know when it's going to come out. Probably on the Monday. So our good friend, Adam Corsier, South of the Six, he does a really good job following him over there. Uh, you could find me uh, on Twitter at jlone 20 Find all of us at Raptors HQ. And follow us on Twitter at That's a Rap Pod. You make sure to follow, subscribe, and rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your pods because it really helps us uh, get to know all you guys. Get to, the first first season was fantastic. We don't know what the hell we were doing. Honestly, I think we would just want to be like, hey, Kawhi is a Raptor. Let's do a podcast. Now, the Raptors are champion. Let's continue this podcast. So we appreciate you guys. We appreciate you, all you guys who are listening and still listening to us. Uh, uh, you know, us going back and forth and just jibber jabbering because, you know, it's just a podcast for fans, by fans, and we are definitely Raptors fans. But until next time, boys, let's watch that ring ceremony, all right? That's a wrap. Speaking of fringe teams, I consider the New York Knicks uh, fringe of the league team. They basically don't even cut it at this point. So, yeah, if we can kick them out, that'd be great. <laughs> Just the New York Mets. I love it. I love it.